0: On this episode of Resi Week, Hunter Douglas expands their CIP program, Avid Canada goes bankrupt, and Kaleidoscape celebrates 20 years. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is
2: AV Nation.
0: This is resi week episode 268 need and want support for av nation is brought to you by chief the global leader in commercial av mounting solutions and by crestron welcome to this episode of resi week this is your weekly roundup with all the latest news and stories for the residential av industry i'm your host matt d scott for AVNation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Jamie Briesmeister. She is the CEO and boss lady at Integration Controls. How are you doing, Jamie?
1: I'm doing very well. How are you, Matt?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. then we have Mr. Scott Stevenson. He is the Director of Product Management at Hunter Douglas. How are you doing, Scott? I'm fantastic. Excellent. Everybody's doing well. That's what happens when all of your brackets are rusted and nobody cares? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's uh, kick this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro and affects me personally, which is annoying and, and disappointing, but yeah. Uh, Avid Canada has gone bankrupt and shuts down essentially overnight. They ceased operations one day after WAVE in the US was acquired. Uh, first of all, um, on a personal note, I know pretty much everybody that worked in the Toronto branch uh, so our condolences to them, and hopefully you can all find a job pretty quickly. Uh, I will help in any way possible with that. But more importantly, uh, this is coming, you know, as a bit of a shock, I got news that something was up uh, late kind of Wednesday, it started to, to circle around in the um, integrator world that something was going on because nobody was returning phone calls. Uh, Jamie, let me let me start with you on this. And I'll, I'll, I'll preface this question with the fact that if people are unaware, the way that distribution works in Canada is a little bit different than the US. In the US, there are typically a, a large number of distributors or uh, sales agents or, or people you can go to buy product from. Up here, a lot of times, there's a, there's a handful. And there are certain product lines that are only handled by one distribution company. What do you do as an integrator when all of a sudden, kind of overnight, part of your supply chain just vanishes? We've been talking supply chain issues for a while. This one's different uh, in the sense that uh, you know, as as we said, Abbott shut down overnight. How do you how do you deal with that?
1: Uh, Well, you know, we're in the U.S., so we have a slightly different. Take right, <laughs> uh, in the, I mean, and you pointed it out like your, your availability of even where you can go to is somewhat limited. So, you know, proactively, what can we do? Um, try to have as many relationships with uh, a few vendors uh, that sell the same product uh, when you can. Um, those good relationships, I, we buy Samsung from two different sources, I believe. So, uh, if one closes down, we can get it from another location. It doesn't sound like you have that luxury. Um, in that sense, uh, we really need to be nimble in how we design, I would say, and, and um, not rely on, uh, for something like a television, a very specific key feature that you're looking for if you can swap it out for another brand or another model. Um, challenging in the world that we live in, uh, in those high design environments where you can't always do that. You can't just always swap out a TV because it might need to go in a very specific, location with specific dimensions um, but no it's definitely a challenge um, I say be nimble with your product lines know where what other products you can draw on um, and proactively you know may not be the case in Canada it might be a, a great opportunity for you <laughs> Matt to open up a rep firm um, but you know trying to have a few relationships with different product manufacturers where you can um, you know we're also you know we've talked a lot about do we, uh, just sell one control manufacturer. You know, do we only sell Control Four, for instance, or only sell Savant, or what have you? Um, and for instances just like this, it's really challenging to say yes. You know, I, I want to be an integrator so I can have a, a some options to pick from.
0: Yeah, very good. I uh, learned this years ago that or similar is your okay. best friend on every yeah. design you ever do. Yeah. Scott, from a from a manufacturing standpoint. Um, This, you know, this hit the the integration community at the same time that it hit uh, the manufacturer community. Um, Everyone kind of was aware that Wave was getting acquired and that that sale was closing, but this hadn't come to light yet, that they were going to essentially just no longer support anything north of the border. Thus, uh, that went down really, really quickly. As a manufacturer, how do you go about, uh, you know, not only shifting gears, pivoting, but also how do you, how do you deal with communications with your, your integrate integration community?
2: Yeah, no, it's, I think one of the things that's really important is to make sure that even though, you I mean, we don't use distribution in any way. So we have direct relationships with all of our dealers. But if, if I were in the position of whether it be Samsung or Sony or whoever uh, that, that you've got this entire community of integrators that are buying your product through distribution. I still would want a relationship with that community. I'd want the ability to communicate directly to them. I'd want the, I'd want people to know who I am, who to reach out to, et cetera, for those types of things. So that you aren't going to be in a situation where, Oh my God, this just happened. I mean, I'm sure they're scrambling like crazy as well right now going, holy crap, half of the the stuff that we just distributed in Canada, people can't get access to it now. So what are they going to do? But if they don't have that direct relationship with you as a dealer, where they can say, hey, here's your options then it's really tough. And I think that's so important is to make sure that you're establishing those relationships and, and cultivating them and maintaining them uh, and not just saying, oh, whatever, they buy through distribution and, and I don't need to worry about who, who the, the, they are on a regular basis. Yeah, we're trying to market to them and stuff, but they're not buying through us. So we don't need to have any sort of formal relationship with them. And I think that just Gets both parties in trouble. So I think, you know, my recommendation certainly to, to any of the manufacturers is work with, you know, work through your existing um, distributors to understand who the people are that are actually buying, ensure that you've got a relationship with them. But for the, the integrators out there, push to have that relationship with the manufacturer, make sure that, you know, somebody at the company that you can ping and say, Hey, what's going on here? What do I do about this?
0: Yeah, very, very good. And I I will say before we move on, um, there have been a couple other firms that have reached out and and reached out really quickly. Uh, On Friday, they were posting to social media and, and sending emails and that was that was really nice to see because you don't you don't see that a ton. Uh, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from a residential tech today. Hunter Douglas is celebrating their custom integrator program as a growth milestone and is expanding that team. Part of the reason we have Scott here today is to talk about this. Uh, if you if you don't know, back in I believe it was 2019, uh, they launched the the CIP, the custom integrator program, uh, to much fanfare to really help bring Hunter Douglas to the the custom install side of the the market. Now they are expanding that. They've grown the team and added uh, a couple of new people, um, Bruce and Marin. Scott, what is what has driven the 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 growth of this uh, so quickly, and and the the move to bring on uh, these new uh, senior directors to come in and and help continue to grow this?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's really been interesting. I I will be the first to admit that. That for years, Hunter Douglas pretty much ignored the CI channel, Uh, I think much to their detriment, frankly. And then a couple, you know, about two, three years ago, shortly after I came on board, there was a lot of kind of discussions about, okay, you know, we're seeing a situation where there's a lot of opportunity here and we're, and we're seeing just a lot of really basic boring roller shades being sold into these very high-end custom homes where they might want something that's a little more high fashion and everything, and yet we're not reaching those customers. And so made this real push. And and we'd always had, I think, a real barrier to entry for the CI dealers, because frankly, the way that our our dealer programs were set up, they were created for a traditional window coverings dealer, somebody who does nothing but window coverings, and that's that's their their everyday job, and that, that's what they they you know they're a retail shop. They've got displays, they've got all the stuff, and and the programs just didn't make sense. So we created the custom integrator program to be really tailored to integrators and have it make sense from a business standpoint for them. And then I think the, the things that have really made it leap and grow are just some of the real benefits that that we offer in terms of things like our HDIS program, which is Hunter Douglas installation services. So for a lot of our, a lot of our CI dealers who aren't out there installing window shades every single day, that's an area that they know can get them in real trouble. And I've talked to so many of them who have talked about the fact that, they've they've got a very expensive mistake sitting in their garage that they measured wrong and they don't know what to do with that that expensive shade. And so HDIS takes all the risk out of that. We do all the measuring, all the install. the integrator gets to do what they do best, which is sell and integrate. And so that's been really appealing. And then of course, just the, 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 the selection is I think always the, the big thing too, the, the, you know, we make 26 different kinds of shades that can be automated. Whereas most of the, the people out there it's, it's roller shades and roller shades absolutely have their place. We sell a ton of them, but you know, I, I love my top-down bottom-ups where the, they drop down from the top in in my bedrooms and my bathrooms. And so I get privacy, but I still have lots of light coming in. So it's those kinds of offerings that are, that are appealing. And yeah, we've seen so much growth here just in the last two years in the channel that we really felt the need to expand the team that was focused on it and, and have some really have somebody truly in charge of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's so uh, Marin Galen who had been with Hunter Douglas for a number of years on the product side of things has gone uh, and joined the sales team and she's now our national sales manager for custom integrators. And then uh, we also brought on a uh, senior director of strategic partnerships and his role includes custom integrators as well as as builders and and some of our other key sort of uh, growth initiatives. Uh, Really helping to to drive some things there and and Bruce uh, came from from Kohler, where he had had been for a number of years and has some really great, you know, great ways of looking at things and great approaches, especially to how we can sort of marry up the builder side of our business and the developer uh, side of our business with the custom integrators, since they're the ones who are best equipped to take on these large types of projects.
0: Yeah, very good. Jamie, when, when you see this, and I, I know you're heavily involved in the designer community, when you see this, this is putting a lot of tools right at the fingertips of integrators. And this is a situation where it's, it's, it's technology, but it's it's design focused.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What does it mean to have all of this available so so easily for integrators? Does this really give them a help up
1: if they if they embody it, yeah. If they if they really want to make it a part of your business, like Scott said, it's not just having a widget that you can sell. It's integrating it into the <laughs> fabric of your business, right? Um, there's <clears throat> we were Lutron dealers, um, and right before the pandemic really kind of hit and travel was you know abolished, um, I looked at Hunter Douglas uh, at the ProSource meeting in Vegas and. Um, was really interested in the line. Um, We had plans to look at it further and then life happened. So we pumped the brakes on all new initiatives. (laughs) Um, But no, I think it's great. Now, like you said, it's more than um, roller shades. It's more than drapes. So yeah, you have to know what, uh, all of the different lingo of of a Roman shade, for instance. And the top down bottom up is its own style of shade. I'm sure each one has their own uh, ways of measuring, which would be the tricky part, right? And I think that's where your service comes in really handy. Um, I guess I'm really curious to know because, you know, I have looked at it and I'm, I kind of like to dig into the, the logistics. Um, two big questions that I have is like, how do you bring in that person that's going to measure and help make sure that you specify the right shade? Um, and then two, as you mentioned, Matt, like this is in the design community, and designers are used to selling shades, so there's certainly a competitive um, uh, arena now between us and them. Used to be where I could sell to a designer, now we're trying to sell the same thing to the same person. So I'm curious to know what uh, what your take is on the the designer integrator uh, relationship, because I think that's a really important um, piece to consider in your in your initiative. Yeah, Um, yeah, I like the logistics of how do you get your, how do you get your person to come in and measure and show up on time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's uh, both great things. So you're absolutely dead on with the the design uh, community aspect of it. And one of the things that we've actually done is, and a lot of designers actually really, don't have, they, they certainly don't necessarily want to be Hunter Douglas dealers. They are, they're selling all kinds of different stuff. They want a relationship with somebody that they know, and oftentimes these designers are inv- involved in pretty high-end projects. They want somebody that they know can come in, make, you know, make the, do the install and make the integration happen where everything's just going to work and so the designer's comfortable with saying yeah we can do this this is the perfect product from a design standpoint from a fabric standpoint all that stuff but it's also going to be a good part of your overall home system uh, because they don't want to be the one who specified something. And then the the integrators being, Oh, well, no, we can't, we can't make that work and that all that stuff. And and then it ends up being a bunch of finger pointing. We've actually created a, we call it our design trade program. And it actually is something where we can uh, essentially get a relationship going between our design community and the our custom integrator dealers, where it really becomes a, a best of both worlds situation, and uh, you know I've seen this where the the designer brings the the project to the integrator and says, "Hey, you know I've got this project I'm working on," blah, blah, blah. and usually then it's just they 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 get uh, a cut, uh, and then I've also seen it where that relationship has then grown to the point where the the integrator will go to them and say, hey, we've got this project we're working on. They're starting to talk about wanting some help on fabrics and colors and stuff like that. I am way out of my element here and let's bring you into the project and you know, then you will get a, a commission on it as well. And, and so it seems to be working really well for both, both parties. Um, there certainly will always continue to be The situation where you you end up with somebody who truly is trying to act as a competitor but i think in those scenarios then you just have to figure out a way to to say to to your client look it's fine um but we're now we we will charge you for the integration aspect and and, and then make sure that you're covered in case that what they're selling is something you're uncomfortable with integrating. Uh, as far as your second question with regards to the, how the, the service works, it's actually really simple. So we, the, we have, I don't know, it's, it's like six, about 600, I think, installers across uh, North America that are, people who we've vetted. They, they are not employees of Hunter Douglas, but uh, they are people that we've thoroughly vetted, trained, et cetera, and they're in our system. And so when you go to place an order uh, online in our, in our system, you can actually just include the, the, the measuring and install aspect of it right there. You can say that, okay, I've worked with Sam. He's a great installer. I'm just going to make him the, the favorite on my account. And that's who then that that order will go to every time. And oh. then it just gets scheduled out. Um, they come out, the it's it's actually amazingly inexpensive, partly because these guys do it. I mean, th- that's all they do all day long, five days a week, is measure and install shades. And so they're just really, really good at it and they're really fast at it. And so it just again takes a lot of the risk away.
1: Neat. Hey, thank you.
0: Yeah, that's very, very cool. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. Men and Black director Barry Sonnenfield praises Kaleidoscope or sorry, Kaleidoscape on their 20th anniversary. Uh read through this. It, it covers some some really cool points from Barry as well as uh, a nice little history over Kaleidoscape. Uh Jamie, let me let me start with you on this. This is a really cool thing to see, and, and to have kind of followed Kaleidoscapes' path, they transitioned, and I would argue they were the only ones who transitioned really well from physical media and DVDs into streaming at a at a high level. Do you see Kaleidoscape still being, dare I say, relevant going forward, or is this something that is 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 bound to become just a ultra high end, occasionally spec'd, you know, really, really niche product.
1: I have always felt that Kaleidoscape is a bit of that ultra high end niche market anyway, truly. Um, Now makes a lot of sense or made a lot of sense for Marine environments Mm -hmm. and on the go. Um, But these days it is really hard for me to justify why I would want to sell someone a Kaleidoscape system as a dealer even. And and I understand the quality difference. And I still think in, in a lot of markets, most people, most can't tell the difference or don't care in you know, one or the other. Um, I'm still impressed by a lot of what Kaleidoscape does. Uh, and, and I really am I'm surprised and also impressed that they were able to come back because there was kind of a a bit of a stain, you know, on their oh, yeah. on their credibility. I think they had stopped operations for a little while. Yeah, had um, a
0: lot of legal battles and, yeah, and things exactly.
1: that yeah. as a dealer, and yeah. As a dealer, it has been challenging to manage um, their growth, you know, over time and ensure the the as new products come out, that the experience remains relevant for the user. We have, we have a few legacy Kaleidoscape clients that bought it for the reasons they bought it for, and those reasons aren't really available now. Mm. So for them, it's, it's a bit different. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am hate to be a bit of a naysay on, on saying that everyone's gonna have one in their home, but I really think it's, it's high-end niche market for sure.
0: Scott, is this something that, and I'm really with Jamie on this because I love the technology. I remember the first time I saw it and experienced it in person and it was fascinating. But I fast forward to today and watch my kids use an Apple TV Mm -hmm. and just have a library. (laughs) And it, it, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't have the same fit and finish. And you know sometimes the, the search algorithms aren't exactly what you want but everything is kind of moved past it so is this is this a example of a small company um with with really cool technology that has fought tooth and nail to stay relevant or is this kind of the the model of again a, a, a company fighting tooth and nail and just getting overrun by mass mass media mass mass product
2: well certainly at it from a pure pricing standpoint kaleidoscape was never going to be anything but high-end niche uh and yeah. and i think they're they still do have a a certain let's call it with at that super high end um mm-hmm. uh, they were never going to be able to compete with Roku <laughs> certainly, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I do give them credit. I, we we're you're talking and you mentioned about the lawsuits and stuff. I mean, you think back to when all that stuff was going on, and when the when they effectively lost the lawsuit, and I, I figured they were dead, completely yeah. dead in the water. And I think they, as as a company, I think they really pivoted and figured out how to continue in a way that they could legally operate and and do so in a means that still provided that high-end experience that, that their customers had come to expect. And you know I, I I remember hearing a story of talking to one of the Kaleidoscape sales folks at the time about being able to go in and, and talk to people and they'd be like, man, it seems like a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. But then it was you'd show them how easy it was to use and how the kid could use it. You talked about your your kids just surfing Disney Plus and the fact that the mom wasn't having to go and and find the DVD that the kid wanted to watch that day that, oh, turns out was in the car and all that stuff. No, it was all right there. And they they had really created a a, a great solution that served a, a, a nice purpose at that high end. But it's tough to compete now with, roku who's doing fundamentally the same thing not certainly not at the level of quality not at the level of, of interface not at the level of search not at the 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 actual quality of image and sound mm-hmm. but to jamie's point a lot of people can't tell the difference so are they going to spend a hundred dollars for a roku or are they going to spend i, I don't you know thousands for a kaleidoscape It's tough other than that very, very high end where there it truly is the money's no object kind of project.
0: Is this not the same continual conversation that we we have in in just this industry in general of good enough? Like and and again, I'm a huge believer in the concept of kaleidoscape. I, I give them ridiculous amounts of respect for, as you mentioned what they came back from and what they've grown through. But it's, and and we're not a dealer. So I don't have that issue that Jamie's dealing with. Um, But I just, I I don't see for most clients, even ultra high-end clients, if you stream something in 4k from a a high-end Roku or an Apple TV, will it look that much better streaming from Kaleidoscope? or Kaleidoscape, blah, versus just a, a 4K Blu-ray?
1: I don't know. I'm, I don't know if if we can answer that. I mean, there's, and I think that's where, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about showrooms mm-hmm. and whether you have one or not. And Kaleidoscape truly is one of those things that must be experienced to feel, to feel the value in it, if you will ever feel the value in it. Now, that being said, um, with more people staying at home and uh, maybe realizing they wanted a home theater, I can see the home theater enthusiasts still liking, appreciating, and wanting to have a kaleidoscape as part of that architecture for the media rooms of the world and the, the open to the rest of the, the, the room type of rooms, which I think most of us really install that every day, all day. Yeah. Uh, Kaleidoscape just doesn't make a ton of sense. And as far as the, the good enough, that argument is one that I find interesting because um, it's kind of like saying if you, you know, um, <clears throat> that you have to try the best quality of, I don't know, shoe or cheesecake or something to, to a, a really truly appreciate it. Um, maybe you have to walk in a whole bunch of really crappy shoes to realize it's time to buy a nice one, you know, and, and I kind of think on some level that um, the good enough is okay for a while as we provide a fun and engaging experience. You think about streaming music, it might not be the best quality, but it's fun and engaging and as we as our senses mature, or perhaps our budget matures, and our houses get larger, that's when we can really enhance and deepen, and, and you know, increase the quality of someone's experience. I'm okay if someone wants to start at good enough, because that means that we can only enhance their experience, right? Mm. Um, so I, I find that argument kind of interesting in a way that. You know, you don't always know how good it is until you've experienced, you know, a few things that maybe aren't as good over time.
0: You know, I, I, I love and hate the argument because I don't disagree. Um, it's something where good enough is good enough until it's not. And I'll debate all day long that, you know, a pair of shoes from Payless. Are they good enough to be shoes? Yes. Will I wear them? No. <laughs>
1: Not do for I long ha- anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, do I do I have a suit from Men's Warehouse? Yes. Is it anywhere near as nice as my my custom Hugo suits? No. <laughs> Is it good enough to hey, I need a suit for this event? Sure. Do I enjoy it the same way I enjoy the the Hugos? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Right, the- but, but you know, a lot of our clients are maybe in transition in their life mm-hmm. or they've never, they've never invested at all ever in home technology. I mean, most of the clients that we, so it's kind of half and half. We have those that have invested and they know what, what they didn't do the first time that they want to do again. And then we have some that literally have just seen some commercials and, you know, look at us kind of like a big box and are We have to show the value that goes beyond what they see people don't know about our industry. All they see is what you find in a retail store, really. like They don't really know about what an integrator can truly bring in the the different products that we have access to. And and, um, if someone's budget is X, let's maximize that and maybe give them good enough of something that doesn't matter as much and really good of what does. Um, Then we can only, like I said, grow that other experience and enhance it.
2: Yeah, you're right, I mean, in some ways, from a consumer standpoint, for so much of what this industry does, it's as if consumers only knew that Chevy existed, that 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 that's the only car brand that they were (laughs) they'd ever heard of. And you introduce them to a, a BMW or a Lexus or heck a Ferrari. And it's like, oh, my God, I had no idea that that was possible. And But yet consumers know about BMWs and they know about Lexus. And and for a certain consumer, they're absolutely willing to say, yes, I have the money and I'm willing to pay for the premier solution that that solves my want, not just my need, but my want. And then there are other consumers that even if they have the money are going to say, yeah, whatever, I'm perfectly happy with a Ford F one fifty or you know, whatever, which can be a very expensive car these days. Truck these days, but uh, um, but it, it's it really is about ed- fundamentally back to educating your customers on what is possible and what make, what gives you that truly elevated experience that's going to make you happy in your home. And to your point, we spend a lot more time in our homes these days, and you know, Hopefully we'll all get to go back out in the world here soon. But I think everybody has started to appreciate the fact that they want their homes to be a place where they can be happy and comfortable and and feel good. And the the more we can show them ways that will enhance their, their life in their home, the better off we'll all be.
0: Yeah, I think it always just comes down to what they want to value. And if you can show them something that they can put more value into, they'll spend more money with it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Scott, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Hunter Douglas, how do they do that?
2: Uh, You can reach me, Scott Stevenson. that's stevenson with a ph at hunterdouglas.com, or of course, just hunterdouglas.com. You can also go to hunterdouglas.com slash custom dash integrator dash program for information on on our full uh, custom integrator situation.
0: Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Jamie, my friend, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us today. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Integration Controls, where do they do that?
1: Uh, You can find us on the web at integrationcontrols.com. All of our social handles are at controlstl. And feel free to email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E at integrationcontrols.com.
0: Excellent. Thank you again, both of you for joining us. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover